0: Going on to the second half of the album, Nobody's Perfect. I have more of like a hate relation a hate love relationship with this song, where I actually like the song,
1: mm. but
0: I do not like the performance of it in Drown World Tour. I like what? hate the performance of it in Drown World Tour.
1: I think it's cute. I love it.
0: <laughs> I just thought it was a very low moment for the tour. Like I'm waiting for the next song. Like, can we just get to the next song, please? Um, I, but I on the that. album I love I love hearing it. I love it's a great song.
1: Yeah. I I love the song. I think it's really catchy um in a weird way. I think it's a more ambiance chill experimental song for her which I love. And I love it that, that the ending which is like mm, yeah that yep. last part that is amazing. That really shows her musicality. I love that. I love those little Vo- vocal hooks at the end of songs when she does that sometimes, it's not very common, but she do that. Um, live performance, I loved it. I just, I remember thinking it was so cute and just, um, yeah. One of my not my highlight of the tour, but not def- definitely not one of the parts I would wanting to rush through. <laughs> you know, well, I, yeah, well, like, yeah, I honestly, I'll talk about it later. But like, yeah, it just wasn't one of the parts I wanted to rush. through. It was, I thought it was charming i like the song so it fits i don't know what else she could have done like where else could she have put the song in the in the in In the 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 trash like not (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) she wouldn't have put it with the pimp part or with the country or the like the cyberpunk i mean
0: i could have seen i could see it fitting in the country part like if she did that one instead of gone
1: no, no, you can't get
0: rid of Gone. Well, no, I can't get rid of Gone. Not, not now, but um, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I think it could have fit there if she did not do
1: Gone. Well, Madonna's not going to put two ballads back to back. Right. So, or, or similar sounding. I don't know. Like She only takes so many breaks from dancing, and they're kind of far apart usually. Yeah. I mean, at least they were. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's perfectly placed. Because it's, I don't know, I, I, I'm okay. a big fan of that part, so I'll defend it till I die. So. <laughs> probably afterwards, I'll probably come back as a, as a ghost and defend it. But, <laughs> I think it was brilliant and just, it's you cute. You can come it's back amazing.
0: as a samurai after you, you yeah. get your <laughs> ponytail cut off. Yes,
1: it's a cute thing. I don't know, and I like how they use the sword to do the music, like the whoosh, Yeah. Like, like a kid would do. It's just... It's, it's like a very it's good... good
0: performance art
1: piece on yes. its
0: own for me i think it dragged that section of okay. the tour even though that is my favorite section but yeah, mainly right. because of frozen but i just feel like that that performance just felt like all right are we gonna get are we gonna get a uh, another like dance song or i would- Are we gonna get like a
1: classic song? (laughs) I would have cut the um, what if it was like for a girl remix part, where she's not on stage and then just playing the song. Oh yeah, that was disturbing. I didn't like that at all. That was was talking back then. I was like, oh my! It was very violent. Madonna was very violent. Like what her imagery was very violent because you had that through Die Another Day. It was just lots of guns and violence and kind of. It's still not
0: stopped. She's she still uses guns in her performance and. Yeah. Okay, um, Don't Tell Me, which Don't was tell. the second single from the album. And it mm-hmm. was actually not intended to be the second single. What It Feels Like for a Girl was supposed to be the second single, but they changed, she changed her mind. And Don't Tell Me was the second single directed by Jean-Baptiste Mondino. He did the video. And uh, this is probably my favorite video from this album. Um, and probably my favorite, favorite, second favorite song from the album as well.
1: Yeah. It's a great song. Great video. Very fresh. Like unlike music that took some time to get used to this one automatically. I loved the video. It's just so simple, but works so well. It's so well done. Like that's a good director. He is, he understands art. He understands Madonna. He captures the choreography very well and then the beautiful landscapes that are fake like
0: yeah
1: impressive but I mean, they don't a...
0: try to they don't try to pretend like they yeah. let you, they let you in on the secret very pretty early on in the beginning
1: which compared to music it's it, I, I like music but this was a drastic step up video wise oh for sure you kind of want to tell them hey this guy knows what he's doing more than Jonas you should stick with him through the years but whatever um but she looks gorgeous in the video and just as simplistic, like her outfit is not stylish at all, but it just works on her. She works it. And then you have those sexy cowboys dancing with her mm-hmm. and the leather and the, everything. It's, it's, it's just an amazing video.
0: And I love her hair, how it's like, it's, it's very Terry Nunn Berlin underneath where it's dark underneath, yeah. but blonde on top. Um, and
1: blowing in the wind. Like yeah. I love the blowing
0: part, the blowing in the wind. It's just, and she went on David Letterman and she performed this song for the first time. And this is actually the first time we actually see her yeah. sit down and play guitar. And it was very, very enduring and very cute the way that she's just like hunched over and she's playing. She's not even like looking up or anything. She's just looking at her fingers. It's, it's kind of like childlike in a way where it's like um, she doesn't want to be embarrassed, but she doesn't want people to stare at her because she doesn't want to get nervous And she's just strumming along and she did a great job. Like I love I love this performance too, because it's also an acoustic version of it. Um, and it's a very simple version of it.
1: It's very beautiful, very, very she was very vulnerable. I think that I think she had I don't think she'd ever been that vulnerable before because she was very like she had just learned the guitar. She's on TV. It's it's different for being on TV than being on a stage with a huge crowd. TV, like, people are much more critical. Like, everyone is expecting to be perfect. Yeah, that was a very be- – I remember seeing it live, and she had the red ensemble of the cowgirl outfit, mm-hmm. um, and it was just – it was very beautiful, very understated. And I don't know. I, like, it just made me love her more. Like, as a fan, I just like, oh, that's, that's just a beautiful moment in Madonna history. Like, she was just so vulnerable. Like, you couldn't get – I can't think of a moment where she was more vulnerable than that. I keep saying the word vulnerable, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I want to point out
0: about this appearance on David Letterman, and this was, um, you know, she's preparing for her drawn world tour at this time. Like it, everything is happening a lot at once. We just don't see everything, but she's preparing for her drawn world tour. And up f- even through of White performances and some of these earlier music performances, um, when she, you know, went on her little small promo tour and, and just performed like music or don't tell me on a um, talk show somewhere, either overseas or in America. Um, the band that she had was all usually comprised of people from the girly show, uh, maybe like a, a, a sit-in musician here and there, but her music director, um, I, I forget uh, which, which one it was, I guess was friends with um,
1: Paul Schaefer, Paul Schaefer.
0: Yeah. So they were they were friends and I guess gave him a track, gave Paul Schaefer the music to play Madonna's intro, which Madonna was like, "How do you know that song? Where did you, who, who told you about that song?" or something like that. And and then they had a, a further conversation about like oh, I know your music director. Yeah, you should give him a raise. And and just like talking like that, and Madonna's like, oh, oh, really? And then after that, he disappears. Madonna's music director disappears. And then she gets a whole new band. And that's when Stuart Price came in and um, all the other musicians. Everyone else that had been playing with her up until that point were gone. And wow. I just... Felt that
1: coincidence or no,
0: there's, there's actually some backstory that I think like leaked at some point or another, it's in some article that I had read at one point, but, um, now it could be, it could be hearsay and conjecture. I don't know, but, um, I'm going to go with the rumor on this one. (laughs) Cause I know Madonna doesn't like people going behind her back and doing things or saying things about her. And then it put her on the spot on, national television again i don't know how much of that is true but you can see there's there's like this uncomfortable exchange between madonna and paul shaper
1: yeah i do remember that i do remember that but i I just it does seem like a little conspiracy ish. i mean because she was kind of known for moving around with like different music directors i mean but yeah at the same time like i mean people can't work for madonna forever like we want them to we want of course background and dancers. However, that just—it's not how it works. I mean, she definitely likes to evolve and change around. So maybe that's—maybe she—maybe they were. She was using that for that, and then she knew she was going to have a new music director for the mm-hmm. tour, the next tour, whatever. Like, you never know. I mean, I can see Madonna being a, a drastic bitch. Like, you did what? What you said what to Paul Schaefer? That's it. Pack your bags. You're fired. But Madonna, we i don't care. Get out. Like. <laughs>
0: I couldn't imagine her. I don't imagine her being like that. I imagine her not even saying anything to him, and and this guy getting a letter uh, yeah. from her management company, or
1: Damn, yeah, or
0: her management just saying like, "Hey, your services are no longer needed."
1: Yeah. But, well, I mean, she, she. I mean, as we saw with like Camille Barbone, she, Madonna just kind of took what she needed and went. I mean, yeah. And if she felt betrayed, it's within her right as a businesswoman and as you know, a a musician to move on to something else. If you, if you're like, well, shit, you're going to, you're going to embarrass me on TV, me, I, you know, so I'm hardworking, I'm doing all this crap and you're embarrassing me. I'm, I'll move on. I can find people. Yeah. You're a people. So. And she has,
0: she has faced that in the past, like with the truth or the air and the dancers, a couple of the dancers suing her and stuff. So I'm sure she just didn't want to get into a situation where she had to publicly defend herself. So she cut mm-hmm. she, she cut the tail off before um, it could grow longer.
1: Um, but what I found interesting about Don't Tell Me was that Joe Henry, her brother-in-law, yes. um, basically wrote all the lyrics. I thought she wrote some, but no, he wrote all the lyrics as his song Stop, and then she took that and made a completely new melody, different music, but the lyrics are exactly the same. Yeah, I always thought the lyrics were a little outside of her her range, like her range, like they seemed a little bizarre for her. However, I thought she helped, like you know, maybe she co-wrote something, like she changed it because she definitely has like her her name first. So I like, okay, she did something. No, she didn't do anything. Oh, you don't, <laughs> don't, think, you don't think she's gonna
0: put her name first?
1: <laughs> yeah, but if you listen to "Stop," it's um the whole everything, which is also interesting about Parad- "Paradise Later." Same thing. At first it was his name first and then on the album it's her name first.
0: Ooh.
1: I look at these things. I know it's you Madonna. I see what you're doing. <laughs> so, yeah. that, I think that's brilliant to take someone else's lyrics and then make a new song out of it that has a cuz it sounds like two different songs. I mean, they're completely yeah. different. I think that's actually pretty genius because who cares about lyrics? Like they're just whatever. They just sing this. They're just things to sing along to sometimes. What really matters is the the feel. The charm, the right. vocal, the soulfulness of it. She she really has soulful vocals on the on the track. That's what makes the song great. The lyrics are good, but you know whatever. Um, but I really think that she took a she saw that as like that's really cool lyrics. I'm gonna make it really interesting with my folktronica sound and really make it a classic song. And she did. And I think that's really cool. Like you don't always have to sit down and write every lyric to be an artist.
0: No, not at all. And she is a performance yeah. artist, so she yeah. she knows how to curate talent and
1: yeah. use it that was,
0: to sell her to sell her art or present it in a way that can be yeah. artful.
1: Yeah, definitely. And that's definitely, "Don't Tell Me" is one of my favorite songs from Donna. It's so beautiful. It's so well performed, and I love the production with the the the, the per, again the percussion's amazing. Um, I like the little stops in the beginning. The just, Sound sounds like the city is skipping everyone's yeah. checking D if it's skipping um i just think it's one of her best songs ever and definitely one of her best songs of the, of the 2000s by yeah far.
0: Like, it's uh, for, for sure. sure by madonna yeah, yeah. Uh, and um w- we didn't point this out but this was her last her last album that had a number one single yeah, and number one movie. album because this went to number one right
1: yeah, the song debuted number one. The single was number one. Music and she one. and
0: she hadn't debuted at number one in a uh, in a while.
1: She the never debuted. No, she never debuted. Like a prayer debuted at number eleven. Um, it debuted at number one. It was the first one you would have thought Ray of Light would have bedtime stories. Nope, nope. Not because of Titanic. My God. Um, <laughs> I Anyways, music debut number one. Thank God. Then the music single, and then What's um, number one. Yeah. Yeah, that was her last.
0: That,
1: that was, was our the last, last number one. Years. Yeah. Which, damn. I would assume there would be more, but nah, you, you no. Know, 22 American years ago. American music markets. They're stupid. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, come on. Uh, the the Don't Stop went... Sorry, Don't Stop. <laughs> don't Tell Me went to number four. It went gold. Um, I thought it deserved better, but I figured people were just buying the CD as a whole instead of the, the single. Because I bought the single for the remixes. Um, not for the not not for the song itself, because I have the album. Do you
0: have a favorite remix for the single?
1: Um, probably Thunderpuss, but that's a big just because it's there. Like, I'm not right. a big fan of the remix. It's a little dun 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 dun.
0: I don't dun. like the remixes at all. Like I, I think we're we're at a time where yeah, some remixes can be good and, and were good, but I think we're at a time where um I feel like remixing just became so oversaturated and yeah. it, was, it just felt like the same beats over and over. It was either Victor Caldrone, Hex Hector, um, Thunderpuss. Thunderpuss, Tracy Young. Like it was just Metro. repetitive, just over and over, like just the same beats that they would use on everyone's every artist's songs. And so don't tell me for me, like all the remixes just sound like the same beat that was being used on, that was being yeah. used on all other remixes that were out there. So I was just like, I'll buy it. I will buy the CD single, but I'm not going to be listening to this.
1: The remi, sorry, the, the Metro, the group Metro, the, the remixes from the UK, I thought it would have been nice if they would have remixed the song because they put like an airiness, like a smoothness to their remixes. Mm-hmm. And, um, but unfortunately they never, I don't think they ever worked with Madonna. And, um, been cool to see it but they didn't there was never any collaboration it's just that would have been cool i think because it's kind of a country folk electronica song i think they could have done something with it a little bit better who knows but um yeah you know it's it's they're they're not great remixes but they did i think they went to number one on the dance charts just just because it's basically it's madonna it's number one basically (laughs) I mean, there's a reason why bad girl and um you know, like, you'll see Don't Have Dance remixes, not every song has to be remixed, right. like, you know, I mean, maybe they can be somewhat remixed, but you don't have to, like, put it on the dance floor for every single song. <laughs> um, imagine dancing the bad girl at the club.
0: That'd I mean, be kind of fun. I could see it, has, it. I could see it.
1: <laughs> it has a good melody, like, it, it has a really good catchy melody, but imagine, like, the lyrics, bad girl, drunk by six, like, <laughs> which kind of fits the club motif. You know? <laughs> at least with me. Um, so yeah, that, um, I, I, I like the remixes, you know, they're not horrible, but they're not memorable. They're just of the time.
0: Right. They're so. very representative of the time. Um, yeah. The last thing I wanted to say about that is, uh, yes, when I got the CD, I originally thought the CD was skipping when it starts.
1: Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that- do I need to go
0: exchange this? Do I need to go return this? I was getting so pissed um, off.
1: Um, yeah, I was I was like, oh shit, and then and then and then I played it again and I looked at the CD. I was like, okay, it's it's okay. It's yeah.
0: Do you have see- a um a favorite performance of this song? Um. Because she did David Letterman, she did it on Drown World Tour, and she did it on Reinvention Tour. Has she has she done it on any other tour?
1: Um, no, I like it on Drown World. However, she also did it on a French TV show. I forgot the name of the French TV show where she sang it live and her vocals are really good. Um, I remember when I first met my husband and I sent him the bad girl SNL performance saying, Hey, look how Madonna can sing live. (laughs) And he said, Oh no, I, I, I know, you know, I've seen her on French TV when she did Don't Tell Me. It's really good. And he sent that to me. Um, um, to listen to and it was like oh wow I, i've never saw this performance before and it was really good so I'm but I, really I, I, like I, I saw the drone war tour i mean don't tell me was definitely a um, a highlight
0: yeah um that i'd have good. to say yeah i i'd probably say the same but i also do really like the david letterman performance at least vocally sound wise i mean performance wise she's she's literally hunched over she doesn't make eye contact with, with anything other than her hands and the guitar. But if I just put it on and listen to it, it's, it's like a pretty amazing performance.
1: Yeah. Um, I have one question real quick. What do you think about the artwork for the single?
0: The artwork is, is fine. It's, it's very weird. It's um, because it's, I believe it was uh, another photo shoot done by Jean-Baptiste Mondino that was used for the Rolling Stone. Uh, yeah, her cover. Um, and there's a really good picture. It's slightly blurry and I don't know if that's intentional or not or after they saw it, they're like, hey, I like the way that it looks that it looks kind of blurry. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I It's an okay cover. It's like it's a part. very odd expression on her face. but
1: Yeah, I'm not crazy about the express. Her mouth is like wide open. Like, I know <laughs> it's the open mouth cover. She's done that a bunch, but this is the most awkward of them um she's like yeah it's weird i and i love the song so much i never liked the single cover i think that the art director did the best he could with what they had it's definitely like i like the music single cover so much more i think that's a brilliant album yeah
0: and there was more than one because of the different releases yeah yeah, yeah. through different countries
1: all of them are are gorgeous but it's, yeah, I'm, it's not my favorite single cover. It's definitely the weakest of the bunch, but the song is the best of the bunch, so it's okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I'm not, the, not the marketing. <laughs> I wouldn't have the vinyl on my wall.
0: Fair. I would say it was very reminiscent of me, Of um, it was very reminiscent of A of Their Own, the original cover to that, where it was like, a drawing of Madonna like on a baseball card but her mouth was open and like turned yeah. to the side. Do you know
1: what I'm talking about? Yeah, I see what you're going with. I see what, I see what you're saying. Yeah, okay. I mean, it is just a bizarre thing to choose as cuz I mean, this is like at the time of, like teen teen stars were coming up and musical like it just seemed like a weird single cover. There's yeah. nothing really stylish about it. Her mouth is open. It's like like really open, like <laughs> is, she, is she saying yee-haw, yee-haw. <laughs> yeah uh, yeah
0: so uh so the next song on the album is also the third and final single for the album mm-hmm. originally it was supposed to be the second single but it ended up being the third single what it feels like for a girl and this one she wrote with Guy Sigsworth yes um who had worked with uh, other artists. I know Bjork is the one that stands out for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think um, Bjork really put him on the map for Madonna mm-hmm. because I think Madonna was very much influenced by Bjork. I remember when I started collecting Bjork, I was like, oh, Madonna was very much influenced by Bjork, more than I thought. Yeah, a few names pop up and you're like, hmm. Um, yeah, that um, it's a good production. Guy is a great producer, I think. It has a very ambiance, chill, electronic but still early 2000s uh, feel to it it's if you want to relax to madonna songs this is definitely a song to put on your playlist of like chill madonna songs
0: and it's probably my third or fourth favorite song on the album like i remember sure. when i first heard the album this was a standout song for me i thought yeah, it was I really good
1: the, i love the little keyboard the doom, 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 doom. i mm-hmm. love that like instrumentation um used in the beginning the only thing i am not a fan of is that sample from the movie that they use in every single remix as if it was a contractual obligation
0: (laughs) someone's making some money from that
1: my goodness i think madonna paid a lot for it and then she's like you're gonna use it's mine and i'm gonna use every you're gonna use this for every single remix they're like Madonna. It's for the clubs. Do you really want to stop them from dancing to listen to this? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like it was overused, but however, I mean, come on. It still it fits the song. Um, I get it. <laughs> but my God. It, um, but yeah, the song is amazing. I love the lyrics. I think it's a great subtle song about empowerment. There's some honest lyrics to it. Like it really feels like the experience that we typically don't think of. I mean, as as men, we don't know. So I, I don't know. I think it was well written and crafted. Definitely one of her best lyrically. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell that guy kind of helped her. It doesn't quite feel like a Madonna song all over. So you can tell there were like they probably collaborated a lot on the lyrics. Maybe he gave it to her first draft. She changed a bunch of things. I'm not sure, but it feels like that kind of song.
0: And then she collaborated with another guy on this song for the video, her then boyfriend, um, Guy Ritchie. So he directed the video. And instead of going in the typical direction of, you know, the album version of the song, did a remix of the song. And not just your typical remix, kind of like express yourself, you know, using the remix, for that video. This was just, it was almost like a dub. There was no lyrics. It was yeah. just repeating the chorus over and over again. Um, oh, the right. above and beyond remix, um, for the video. And it was very, very violent. Um, ended up getting banned from MTV, yeah. another banned right. video from Madonna th- her third, I believe, um, from MTV where they showed it once or twice and they're like, we're not going to yeah. show it anymore. It's too violent um cuz she ends up you know like crashing her car running over people lighting people on fire at a gas station yeah. um uh, uh tasing someone at the atm to steal their money um i don't i i don't know how i feel i'm not a huge fan of this video but i like the video more than i like the remix i'm not a fan of the remix i know i'm probably in the minority
1: i lo- I, lo- I do like the remix a lot i don't love it like every day but i do like it i appreciate it Um, I like the video. I think it has a great message. A lot of shit was done to her and she's kind of embodying like the women as a whole, maybe not women as a whole, but maybe like her, what her vision of women and what they go through and Mm -hmm. kind of how they can lash out because you typically don't see women being violent in cinema. It's always men doing stuff and men, you know, being the protagonist or the antagonist basically of the violent nature and she took that role and really embodied it. And I think it was well done. There's some humor in the video. You can tell that it's not quite serious. Um, but I think it was a really smart risk. I, I mean, obviously the song was not going to become a huge hit with that video and remix. However, I see what she was going for and I applaud her for that, brave, that, that, that braveness because it has a really good concept and it's very well shot. Guy Ritchie is a good director. I'll, I'll, I'll say that.
0: Oh, for sure. He has a very unique style. I mean, he uses sure. the same exact style in all his movies, but... Um,
1: he knows how to edit. <laughs> Again, yes. every, every time I can, it's, it's a sneak diss to uh, Jonas. Um, yeah, it's it's a beautifully shot video. She actually shot in LA. Um, so a little trivia, there's a scene where she's like doing a complete turnaround and then she hits those guys in their car. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's in front of a jewelry store in LA that's in downtown Los Angeles. That's where me and my husband bought our wedding rings. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, in LA. And I and I picked that place particularly because it was in the video. Um, <laughs> really quick, I also used to live by the La Isla Bonita apartment. Like, literally, a oh, minute wow. you know, walk away.
0: You take pictures?
1: I did, but who knows what they are. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so um, we... Um, the, I love the video. I think it's one of her best, actually. I'm very, I, I'm, I'm a big fan when an artist takes such a risk. And there is a lot of violence. It is a disturbing video, but it's supposed to be. It's supposed to make you think and about. Right. Yes, she's being violent. Yes, she's lashing out strangers. However, it really makes you think what was done to her, and how dark that those implications can be. So, right. So. I mean, she's on the run. She has all these IDs, license, pictures. They use pictures, iconic photos of her, yep. like uh, magazine covers. I mean, there is a lot of dark implications there, and I I'm, I love it. I think that's brilliant, and I wish that that Madonna who took risks was kind of still doing that. I know she still takes risks. I'm not saying she doesn't take risks anymore, but that kind of risk.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I get the video, and I like the treatment for the video. I just wish there was a video for the regular version of the song, because I feel like the innocence and the softness gets lost in the original song. And plus, this goes back to what I was saying about, um, you know, sometimes there's a single for the music part of it, and sometimes there's a single for the video aspect of it. And I feel like this was one of those ones where this – single promotion was strictly just for the video because the single itself, like they just submitted the radio version. They It wasn't the above and beyond version that was used in the video. It was the album version that they submitted yeah. to radios to play and it didn't really get played or um, get a lot of promotion for the song itself. And I feel yeah. like it was a really good song that I, it's, it's sad that it didn't get um, its its due diligence or it's due process for being Mm -hmm. listened to
1: it would have been cool to see her perform the original version live on some shows that would have been nice um it really didn't get a chance i mean i think she kind of counted on the controversy being the chance and her work i mean she had done that forever and i think it was a brilliant video i love the song however it just didn't work it was a different era in music um but yeah, I, I don't know if I'd want a video for the original. I can't even imagine a video for the original. I, I, I always think of like concepts in my head of Madonna videos. For that one, it's rather difficult to do. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I'm more, I can think of a Paradise For Me video, like Gone, but I don't know about what if it feels like for a girl. What would you have done for the video? Like, Can you think of it? Have you ever thought of a treatment for the original version? I'm
0: probably sure that I did when I originally heard it, yeah. but uh, especially if once I knew it was a single, but I don't know what I would have done. No. Trying to think back now, it's I've kind of like accepted that that's part of the history of yeah. my Madonna no, I... fandom, so I, I have kind of moved above and beyond <laughs> that no. um, moment. So I yeah. I don't know what I would have done, but I just feel like I feel like it was a lost opportunity to showcase the the talent of the original song.
1: Yeah, me. I mean, but to, to be honest, I couldn't see it being a massive hit. It doesn't have a strong hook. It has a good hook, but it's very subtle. It would have been a lot of luck for it to have because even like the single, you, you had to buy the remixes. There was no regular two track single I believe it was just the remixes so it was only radio play and the single i'm sorry and the remix single maxi single not the i don't think it had much of a chance uh,
0: the, but this one did go to number 1 on the dance charts right
1: well, all her songs do
0: yeah
1: <laughs> i mean she could release she could release uh I'm going bananas it would go to number 1 <laughs> i'm surprised she did but um yeah i mean i, I think it's an interesting nugget of Madonna's history I love these little interesting nuggets where you don't quite know why but it works but it doesn't and eh, I love that like this is kind of like in her final years of doing that because after you yeah. know, after a while I'll kind of stop doing that so I respect it and you know, it just—I I heard the song on the radio sometimes here and there, like the original version. It's nice, but it wasn't a radio song. It's—it's it, kind of slow. It's not quite mid-tempo, but not quite down-tempo. It's—it's it's in the middle. So I don't know. It's yeah. a great song, but it may not be remade for radio. Maybe like a a more um, energetic remix, like not like dance, just maybe some a different percussion or something for the for the radio.
0: Well, speaking more into the remixes, um, I actually have a couple favorites from this one. And that's kind of rare for me because I feel like, yeah. um, you know, sometimes remixes can give you a different emotion with, yeah. with the way that they do it. And I don't, I'm kind of, I kind of dig the Tracy Young, cool okay. out remix. Like I would prefer to listen to that one over the album version um, okay. if I'm just listening to that song by itself. Now, if I'm listening to the album, of course, I just want to hear the album version. But I also like the um, the Richard Vision one, the one that just yeah, sounds like a disco favorite. song, because uh, I like the way that the disco one feels. But I also really like the, the Calderon and Quail remix, the one that she ended up doing the um, for the tour, except she sang it in Spanish um, on tour.
1: Yeah, I like those remixes too. The Calderon video, uh, sorry, the, the remix you saw you spoke about with the, that was used on the tour. That's amazing remix. I do prefer the tour version, but the original remix is good. I love the Vision remix. I love how it has the build up and climax. Mm-hmm. Really cool the way it's done. Um, I love the the bass guitar is so like I, I mean I, I can't say anything other than amazing. It's just it's
0: yeah. yeah.
1: It's a peak of a peak of life. And I don't, yeah. When I had the single, I used to listen to the single a lot because it had some good remixes. Um, and yeah, the, the original, the, the the video remix is good, you know, whatever. But it's I much prefer the vision remix and the live performance remix. Um, but yeah, that that was definitely like a peak from Madonna remixes for me in terms of the two thousand. Like definitely my favorite Mac single of hers from that decade.
0: Yeah, and as you mentioned before, there is a. Um... Just a video segue. If if you went to go see the Drowned World Tour or watched it on TV, um, there's a section. I guess like while well, she's changing clothes or whatever. They play this anime video of this woman getting fucked by this monster. Um, I I can't remember the name of the, the was it like Blue Angel or or something like that. Um, I'll, I'm sure I'll talk about it when I talk when we talk about the tour. But um, but they play the Above and Beyond remix while this is happening
1: yeah i would have cut that. i mean i get it she was changing clothes but they could have used anything, like, anything. i don't know so that was drastically violent yeah
0: that was
1: very <laughs> i mean that was a, i was very young it was my third concert i was like so excited to see madonna i was like what the hell what in, what in gay Hail. <laughs> and it was it was definitely um shocking as a child i mean it's still shocking now i mean it's very it's very disturbing of a video clip to show yeah, it made no sense. <laughs> I was like, "Why is she doing this?" Anyways,
0: but I digress. Um, but Guy Ritchie also directed her in a a BMW yeah commercial it short called Star. I I am not a fan of it.
1: Yeah, it's weird. It's too. It's um. It's mean spirited towards Madonna.
0: It's it's very mean spirited. It's very like too much on the nose of being like a diva who hates everyone. I just think it was. Overplayed, it, and I think that's the thing with any Madonna role. It's either you know, she essentially has to play someone that's more like herself because she, if she plays an exaggerated version of herself, it doesn't come off well. If she plays an underplayed version, like someone who's very innocent and doesn't do ever do anything wrong, it usually doesn't come across as well. What yeah. usually her when she shines is usually when she's being a little bit more herself, like. A League of like Their body- own seems more natural for her, or um, uh, what's the other one? Breathless Mahoney seems very natural for her. Desperately Seeking Susan seemed like a very natural for her. She doesn't have to to ham it up or like act it up like she does in like this commercial or some of the other movies that she's been in.
1: I think that Body of Evidence I, that to me seems like a Madonna real life.
0: It could be. I think yeah. there are definitely there are definitely times where. You know, like I believe her character, and then there's other times where I'm like, I don't know when she. I don't know. There's a lot of times where she just seems like very depressed and dejected, and she's about to cry all the time. And I'm just like, come on. The
1: slap scene! Oh my gosh! Um, (laughs) Yes. I I think I thought it was a documentary on her life.
0: (laughs) Well, who knows? Maybe one day.
1: I mean, who knows what she's Maybe
0: doing. one day Madonna will be on trial for murder. Oh,
1: how did you kill him, Madonna? What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> I fucked him. I fucked you. I fucked, <laughs> I
0: fucked, you, I fucked Andrew. First. I fucked Frank. That's what I do. Whoa. I fuck.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, I was gonna say <laughs> I, that's my favorite Madonna's. Like, I think it's one of my favorite Madonna lines. Period. Like,
0: it's, it's it's like it's literally like a favorite line. It's also very fun to say.
1: It is like Madonna, like. People hate on her acting career. She has some good stuff. Just, you gotta look. You gotta yeah. look. And you have to be in the right mindset. You can't be a snob.
0: I think her persona just overshadows
1: yeah. a she's lot so of stuff
0: big. that she does.
1: Yeah, she's so big. And also, she doesn't, she doesn't play bland roles. So, that's the problem. She like can't.
0: She that's the thing.
1: Yeah, she can't. Because she's so over the top about everything. So, like, she can't be Scarlett Johansson. She can't play every character, every woman, and be bland about it. No, she has to <laughs> character, and really go for it. Like, with, who's that girl? She talks to, like me at the whole story. I'm like, it's funny! <laughs> but it flopped because, I think because of the voice. Anyways, I, dig- I digress.
0: Yeah, let's get back to the album. <laughs> and you're totally fine going off track. I do it all the time. It happens every show. Uh, Paradise not for Me. So this is the one we were talking about where it appeared on Mirwaze's album production first, before it appeared on music. Um, And I remember hearing it and I, I loved it. It's so different than what she was doing with Ray of light, but also so different for something that Madonna was just doing in general.
1: It's ambiance. It's chill. It's down tempo. Um, I love it. Honestly, it's my favorite Madonna song of this century. Really? Period. It is. I could play it a million times. It's, perfection to me. I mean, it's so gorgeous. And like the character she plays, she's basically playing like an old woman looking back at her life. I, I For me, I, I just adore it. And um, I love that they, she made a little clip for it for the Drone War tour. I mean, she put effort into it. She's sung it live since. She's never m- done a bad performance of it, which there's only been two, but still. Um, I just love that ambiance aspect to it. The chill, down-tempo, relaxing I mean it's not sexy but it's definitely um, sophisticated I think and still experimental
0: and the video was amazing
1: The video for the for the drone World tour was amazing they were just like a geisha being painted on um I really love that geisha era of Madonna it's I love the hair and the 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 artistry of it. I I think it really fits her. It it wasn't embarrassing. It wasn't done with disrespect. It was done. Like she was a fan of the culture and just kind of wanted to embody that and promote it. Like, I don't think that was, yeah, it was very, it was done with good taste.
0: Yeah. And, and just to clarify the video, I mean, she didn't make a video for this song specifically. It was a video used for the tour and it was one of those interludes. Um, but it was the whole song the whole song basically so yeah. essentially she did create a video for this song but for the tour yeah. very similar to um, nothing really matters and again if, if someone were to watch it today they, they, it would probably be accused of cultural appropriation yeah. um, but it's it's a fantastic video if and I believe she has put it on her YouTube channel so it exists yeah, out there.
1: I'm quite liberal, but I don't think, I don't think it's done with so much respect and beauty. I, there's definitely, I think like a list of things before you can say, oh no, it's cultural appropriation. I don't think this one is. So, I mean, I'm not, I guess it's not this kind of show, but yeah, I I think it's just a well done, beautiful video inspired by another culture done with respect and not everything she does is that way, but however, this one for me is, and I just, I love that video. Um, And it's just, it's an amazing song. And for it to be like near the end of the album, like a hidden gem and wow, it sounds amazing on vinyl. And it was pretty much left alone. Like it's not remixed. It's not performed a lot. She's kind of letting it just be. And you can tell she really likes it because she'll include it here and there. Mm -hmm. But it's just, yeah, I think she really likes the song. I, I love it. I think it's great.
0: That was one of the surprises for me on the Confessions tour, is when she sang the song. Yeah, that's um, amazing.
1: That, and it's like, a very
0: beautiful um, version. I, I love that version of the song. Yeah,
1: too. it's a huge, gorgeous version. It brings new life to the song. Yep. And uh, I'm so glad she actually sang it live instead of just showing a video. Amazing, yeah. Definitely a peak of Madonna's post Ray of Light era. Like, I think, yeah, if you were to like section them off, like the 2000s to 2020, wow, that's like a peak for me. Art- artistically and just musically. very experimental. I love that she took those kind of risks and it really paid off. And you can tell, like, like you know, she used it for, I'm going to tell you a secret at the end. Yes. Which, by the time you get to the end, you're like, you better give me a good song because, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 This better be over. <laughs> yes. I was in Israel. Wasn't the tour over? Why is she in Israel? <laughs> Why is she in Israel? Why do we care and then the guy is like, Madonna, we need her help. Madonna?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Do you have like a corn, corn a cone wall shortage in Israel? <laughs> yeah. Um, that was weird. Anyways, one of my top 10 songs actually.
0: Cool. I don't know if it would be one of my top 10, but it it would definitely be a song that I enjoy listening to. And I think, I think the Drowned World tour, kind of messed with my head on Nobody's Perfect in Paradise for Me because I think it was just more of I loved seeing it visually like in the video for Paradise Not for Me, but I think like watching the Drown World Tour repetitively, I just those are they're very they're still slow songs, right? But um yeah. but they're very specific in and where they are in the tour. There are parts where people are waiting in anticipation to see something next versus yeah. The track itself so um i think when the album was out i loved listening to these songs but when the tour came out i found myself probably skipping these two songs the most but i think as time has gone on um and everything it's it's like i want to put on this album i can't wait to hear nobody's perfect and i can't wait to hear paradise not for me
1: yeah um Actually, the way you feel about those, I feel that way about "Substitute for Love." When she came out singing that song, mm-hmm. I was like, well, going to get to something else?" Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I was seeing Madonna live for the first time ever. I was amazed. I was super excited. And I was like, "We had good seats." And I was like, "Huh? Okay." So I see how you feel about those songs. I, I, I can, I can yeah. relate. Um, I don't agree, but I can relate. And, <laughs> It's so weird. I'm like, Paradise is top 10 of all time from Madonna. Well... <laughs> like, that was funny.
0: Like. Well, I feel the same yeah. way about Drown World Tour too. I, I, sorry, not Drown World Tour. Drown World, the song itself. Yeah. Like, it's it's kind of a, a an odd song to start out with when you're a dance. When you're known to be a dance artist and you just have yeah. this you know success with the Grammys of winning a Grammy for Ray of Light and right. then you open up the tour with this, like, this very slow song and I'm like, when,
1: when the fuck is she going to
0: start dancing?
1: Um, I thought she was going to come out singing I'm Going Bananas. <laughs> that was, really cool.
0: that was, that was uh, the tour
1: before. Really show. Really show. Oh my God, what a peak of life.
0: <laughs> so the album closes out with a song called Gone. Gone? Mm-hmm. And it's actually one of my favorite songs. I I've, I've probably say that about a lot, but it's one of my favorite songs on the record. It's. Yeah. Um, it's very simple. It's to kind of quote Mad- what Madonna said about this album. I feel encompasses what this song actually represents, which is like funky, folky, electronic, melodic. So, I feel like this song kind of takes all of those and it re- it kind of takes you back to cuz it the song somewhat feels familiar. I don't know. I my mom, I grew up with my mom listening to like Anne Marie records all the time, and I feel like this song sounded very Anne-Marie to me. Um, mm-hmm. And if you don't know who Anne-Marie is, I would just say, yeah. just go listen to a few songs out there. But this song felt like very that, but it's Madonna doing it and she's doing it in this very interesting way where I feel like it was a perfect closer to the record.
1: It really is one of her strongest closers. Um, and she has really strong closers. It's such a beautiful song about like kind of like someone going through life and all the negatives and the the... the the stress and the beatings of life, not the beatings of life, but like how life can beat you down and just, she's going to leave. Like not, whatever, whatever situation she's in, she's going to leave before she turns to stone and loses her, loses her faith. It's a very positive song, again, positive about love and life. And I don't know. I, I just think it's one of her most beautiful songs. And, and I really love it. Like, especially on vinyl, it sounds amazing on vinyl and, one of my not not top 50 by Madonna, but it's only because she has so many good songs but it's up there like I really respect it as a song and it really shows Madonna's talent as a songwriter yeah um, for sure. when she sang it live, oh my God with the extra piano woo, yep. wow oh my god it was like a it was like a an aural orgasm. it was so beautiful that was like a peak for me of drone War because just the piano. Duh, duh. Like so simple the chords, but they really work with the song and gave it a, a, a breath of life. And I love it. I thought it was a great um, a great live performance. She only sang it on some of the stops. Other times it was "You'll See." Right. I saw, I saw "You'll See" live.
0: Oh, did you? Where did you yeah. see this tour?
1: Atlanta. So, yeah, I didn't see um, "Gone" until the until HBO. Ah. Uh, uh which yeah. I think I would have preferred gone, <laughs> but you'll see was nice.
0: I think gone was a better fit, but yes. I understand why she did you'll see. And I think she only did you'll see at a few of them. So you were actually in, in um, you're at a rare performance. Um, yeah, you'll
1: see. you'll see was a single. It was a hit. It was kind of ignored in her past. She hasn't toured sense. So she had to do it. I mean, I'm surprised she didn't take a bow. I mean, she could have had take a bow during the, um, during the geisha section, I think. Maybe something. Possibly.
0: I I think at the time I was like, oh, she did, you'll see. I want to see, you'll see. Uh, And then I'm thinking like, oh, she should have just done both the songs, but you know, two ballads back to back from Madonna. That's not necessarily, you know, the best move for her. So I think it fit very well in the tour ending that section with that song.
1: Yeah, I and ending that. the album with this song. Yeah, it's a very strong ending. And when it ends, you know it's the end of the album. It, right. It kind of makes you want to relive it again. Like it's very nostalgic but still very modern and timeless. So it's a lot of great things at once and internationally it should have been the last song. Period. But <laughs> Oh,
0: so well, let's talk about that for a minute because I believe she got strong armed into putting you know. American pie on as the last track in like the UK version. Cause I guess American pie did better overseas yeah. than it did in America. And she, um, uh, basically I don't think she named the person or maybe she did at one point in time, but she said that she did not want American pie on this album, but she somehow was like forced to put it on there. Um, yeah. By one of the record executives and she hated that she did it and that's why she did not include it on G H 2 or any subsequent um, greatest yeah. hits like Celebration uh, because she hated that she had to do that because it, it does it disrupts the flow because you just gave me gone now I got to listen to American Pie.
1: I get up and turn the album off. <laughs> I get up, I literally get physically up and go turn depressed. You should yeah, just
0: scratch and, that whole section out.
1: <laughs> yeah. I wish you could do that with some, I wish you could do that with Bitch on Madonna. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's it's it doesn't fit the album whatsoever in any way. It almost feels like it's a different artist. Like who like who is this new uh gimmicky artist being added to the Madonna album? Like it just doesn't Bit. And I have the UK, I have the European pressing, which, um, in France, it's still in print. Um, and it has American pie and it's yeah. definitely like, I remember my husband loves the album and we listen to it. And then at the end it plays American pie and he's like, uh, like, yeah, uh, no, no, <laughs> it just sounds wrong. And
0: yeah.
1: I, I am very empathetic to Madonna for having to go through that. Cause I understand as an artist to have to add something you don't want to a project would be heartbreaking. So, yeah, I just ugh, the American Pie is like I said, season eight Madonna. It's just not great. <laughs> and um, it doesn't diminish the album. Like you can turn it off. It's at the end. Okay, it doesn't ruin the flow. You can stop it before it starts playing. Um, it's not like did you do it where it's actually intrusive. So okay, but true. Yeah, I mean. Eh. After gone, you have such a beautiful feeling. You got to get up and turn it off. <laughs> like okay, so
0: well, one of the the lucky things that we did get, and actually, this is an extra track on the Japanese version of the album, mm-hmm. um, but it was a B side to the music single. Was Cyberaga? What are your thoughts?
1: I love Cyberaga. I think it is a much better version of Shanti. A Shanti. It's it's like they took that song and made it way better because they're very similar in terms of the, you know. Yeah,
0: and I believe, um, Zorian will correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Zorian, who was my guest on the last episode for Ray of Light, had mentioned that the um, Sanskrit, uh, when you're doing yoga, um, Shanti Ashtangi is what you do either before or during, or it's kind of like the chant that you make before, and then Saibaraga is what comes after it um so it actually kind of fits too with this transition from ray of light into music where i think it's also a perfect placement as the b-side to music as well uh because it it kind of gives you elements of um being back in ray of light land
1: yeah it doesn't fit the album i'm glad I'm, I'm glad it's not on the proper album i do like it i'm a big fan of it the first time i heard it i i knew that there was gonna be a b-side which i love b-sides so i go to the store and i get i get the single. And I loved it. I was like, wow, now this is good. It kind of reminds me of modern-day Chao Bella from the Madame X era.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes.
1: I love Chao Bella. I think that's the best song from the era um, by far. And um, I just love that kind of like... No, I keep saying ambiance, but like that kind of less structured song. Right. It's more airy and more free-flowy. It's so beautiful. And then they have that like like... It's, it's it's just a really cool song. It's a cool Madonna song. Yeah. And um, I'm glad that she put it on as a B-side and, you know, it's available in the Japanese edition. It's not some unreleased track. So it's, it's, it's a great, it's, it's a good song. It's a good but it's B-side. not
0: on streaming right now.
1: No, which is weird because we have American Pie remixes, but no Cyber Raga Madonna. I Come know. On. I'm Madonna. Management.
0: <laughs> they need to get on the ball. Yeah,
1: like, like,
0: I mean, listen, Remix. I would have, I, w- I would, have rather had the "Don't Tell Me" remixes than the American Pie remixes, for sure.
1: I would have, I would have rather had a Wild Dancing album.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the
1: Otto Van Warner. Oh man, that's a good era. <laughs> Time it's a classic album. Oh god. Um, no, I, I yeah, I, I really like Sabaraga. I wish it was on stream. I mean, it's on, it's on YouTube, so it's not that hard, but.
0: One thing about this album, too, is she did a couple promo tours for this. Uh, well, she does her regular promotion where she shows up on TV shows, performs a song or or whatever, or sometimes doesn't. Um, but she did two one-off performances, one at Rosalind Ballroom and one and at the Berkson Academy in the UK, Rosalind Ballroom in New York City. This was basically her, her foray back into touring. So she had a live performance and she, it was impressive. Instant runaway lover. Don't tell me what it feels like for a girl in music. And then at the Brixton Academy, she also did Holiday. Um, and in the American show, she wore a Britney t-shirt. And then in Brixton, she wore a Kylie t-shirt—one for Britney Spears, one for Kylie Minogue. Um, so I thought that was kind of um, cool that she did that because those were more up and coming. I mean, Kylie wasn't necessarily an upcoming artist because, you know, she had been around for a while, but um, Brittany certainly was a more newer artist that she was promoting, and I think it was very, just sort of tongue-in-cheek but also kind of saying I think these people are cool too, and they make great music.
1: Yeah, I, I think it was a cool decision to do, it was good for her and it also showed that she wasn't like bitter about upcoming competition, like 'Cause honestly Madonna had been in the past. She you know, she talked illy of Sinead, Sinead O'Connor, Paul Abdul, um, which Paul Abdul was really doing really well it went during the like a prayer era and then Madonna kind of trashed her. Yeah. Um, her and Janet and Michael weren't getting along very well in the nineties. So yeah, it was nice to see the new Madonna kind of embrace her competition instead right. of trashing them essentially. Cause yeah, it, it's not great seeing you know knowing Madonna trash Paula Abdul, or Connor. Um, and yeah, I, I, it was a cool iconic look. It's very memorable, and she wore that shirt for the, um, what it feels like for a girl promos, and then they uh, they
0: airbrushed it out. Airbrushed yeah, it out.
1: yeah, yeah. It's a very iconic uh, shirt, I guess. Yeah, and, uh,
0: and for the um, uh, at least for the uh, Roseland Ballroom. She did a. There was an MTV contest, and it was the first time like MTV had a contest that involved that had Madonna involvement, and Madonna actually like recorded an actual commercial for it. And it was Madonna waiting in line at a nightclub to get in, and they're like, "What's your name?" And they're like, "Oh, you're not on the list." And she's like, "What do you mean I'm not on the list? I'm I'm Madonna. I'm the one that's performing." And there's all these Madonna lookalikes in line getting into the club. And Madonna's like, wait, who are these people? I'm Madonna. I am so Madonna. Like, it, it was funny. And then she wakes up, and it was a dream.
1: Um, I remember that. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Uh, the promo.
0: Um, and then she ends was- it by saying life, because life should not be a caca sandwich. <laughs> 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 I, 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 She just had to say that, I guess.
1: Yeah, she's. it was a funny. I remember the promos, the promo that she's done for MTV usually were pretty cool, really, really cute, like. Um, like the Rock the Vote and you know various things. Yep. For, oh, you can tell Madonna's a funny person. Basically, um, I miss I miss that humorous Madonna. We don't have that as much anymore. But yeah, she, the humor she had like in that era was just really really funny, and she was uh, very, still very like not naive. Not that's not the word, but just silly. She was silly, and
0: she was silly, but still connected to the rest of the world.
1: Campy, but still
0: yeah. Con- yeah. Campy, just, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, that kind of changed. I would say by American Life that changed actually. I never, I don't have really seen it since American Life, but yeah, that was that was a great promo. Um, and then I remember I never saw the live performances because I was not in New York, but I remember seeing like tapes, uh, you know, online, right? And um, yeah, it was really cool. Um, I mean, imagine being in the audience of a, of a club and seeing Madonna perform at a club, like wow, what three
0: thousand people limit. And people were like camped out for nights, multiple yeah. nights in a row to get in. I mean, I could.
1: Oh that would have been.
0: I don't think I could have done it then, even in my 20s. I definitely would not do it now, for sure.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't do it now. I probably would have done it had I been the legal age. I just wasn't. Yeah. And in New York, I was in Atlanta. So if I would have been legal and in LA, I'm sorry, in New York, I would have done it. Um, but I, I do like the promo from that era. It was it was good, but not too much. It wasn't like Ray of Light promo where she was everywhere and doing everything, which was nice too. Yeah. But this was a little break because she had a, you know she had a new baby, two babies, and a marriage, and a tour. So yeah, I mean you know you, you give a little, you take a little. Yeah. But yeah, it was a nice little. It, it was it was a good time to be a Madonna fan.
0: Yeah, because by the end of two thousand, she she married Guy. Yeah. Right. Um yeah. and again, I think that it was like one of those things that like just seemed so everything just seemed so rushed around this time. Yeah. If if you actually go back and look at the sequence of events of everything that happened between the end of Ray of Light slash, you know, beautiful stranger up until or even through music, there was so much happening, so much promotion. She just had a baby. She was, you know, getting married, she got Rocco baptized, like all these things just culminating and you know with the trends that were happening the the different social trends that were happening with the internet coming and she like she was becoming a presence in the internet community with her site because she did not have madonna.com at that time she had madonnamusic.com and madonnafanclub.com because the person that owned madonna.com was a porn site yeah and she ended up getting the rights to her name, I don't know exactly when it happened. I think it happened you know, like pretty soon after like this album and everything. But um, I just remember like that was a big deal back then. Like getting a yeah. domain name was a huge deal.
1: I think it would. I mean, I mean, I'm. I'm I think it's great how she uses that power and fame to kind of keep going and like you know what? I know I had all these hits. Let's move forward. Come on, let's use yeah. this momentum. Not like oh yeah, the good old days of like a virgin. No, she's moving forward and. I love that. I applaud her for that because at the time it really worked. You know, music is a great album, and it kind of kept that momentum going from *Rain of Light* with without over exposing her. Right. I, mean, I know she was everywhere, kind of still, but it wasn't as big. So, yeah, I think it was a smart move, but it also just because of the situation of being, you know, pregnant, having a baby, being married, tour—you can only do so much. Yeah. I was going to ask you what your favorite unreleased leaked song from this era is.
0: Ooh, that is a good question. Uh, a lot of them don't really stand out to me cause I, you know, I, I have listened to them. Um, but I think there's none that I ever like necessarily go back to. I think the one that stands out to me is probably liquid love. That's just the one that could stand out in my head the most, um, which is a good one. Uh, but that, w- that was a, a William Orbit one.
1: Yes, yes. Um, that's a good one. But remember she said in, in, a, in, a, in an interview that that gave her weird vibes or something. Like she didn't like the, the aura of the song. Mm-hmm. So she didn't include it. My favorite is Run, which was from the music uh, sessions. I don't know who she did it with, um, but it was leaked. I think like five, six years ago online, and it's more guitar oriented. So it might be Orbit.
0: Um, I have to go back and listen to that one. I think that one is Orbit. Uh,
1: I, right. I think a lot of the the earlier ones are
0: Orbit. Yeah. Like the demos are Orbit, yeah. and then when she found Mirrors, she's like, "Oh fuck this shit, I'm going, I'm going to work Girl with Mirrors." <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I really liked it. I thought that would have fit the album better than Amazing or Runaway Lover. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe if it was tweaked a little bit with Mirway or whatever, maybe they could have done like a triple collaboration where both of them work together on a run and, you know, to be more cohesive
0: Yeah, um, there really, was a, there was a song with um, called Alone Again which uh, Kylie Minogue ended up recording and putting on one of her documentaries
1: Yeah, no, that one's okay It's not my favorite. You can see why Madonna left it on the room kind of floor Yeah,
0: and then she did uh, an ABBA cover Mm-hmm. like an angel passing through my room, yeah. which I do not like. Yeah. I, I don't I like little girl. <laughs> little girl. I, was,
1: I thought it was fake. I was like, little girl. But no, oh. it's a song. I don't care for it. What else? Is there? is there anything else? Um,
0: I think around the time, it, I mean, I, I think I talked about some of this in The Ray of Light, and I kind of just meshed them all together and probably um, unrightfully so. But I know that she did... Uh, the Wonderland theme song, which uh, was the Wonderland for the TV show, I think that was with William Orbit, and it was, yeah. uh, the show only aired like twice and then got yanked, so she never really got to get her credit for doing that. Yeah,
1: it's not um,
0: much of a song. No, well, I think it's it's, it's taken from a song, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's part of the um, song, yeah. And stuff. Like I
0: do you, like the way it sounds though. Like it's, no,
1: it's a nice it's song. Cool. It's, not, it's, pleasant. it's a pleasant. It's just her humming. <laughs> yeah,
0: and mm. then there's the, the funny song, which I think was done during these for sessions the too, which was eventually used for yeah. Drown World Tour. Talking about killing her father.
1: It's a cute little
0: song. <laughs> really I think it was funny. I, I, I enjoyed it during the Drown World Tour. I, I think there's yeah. people that don't, but I don't know. I just think it was a great transition. Like, Hey, I need to kind of catch my breath, so I'm just going to do this really easy thing, so I can get up these steps and sing "Secret" for you.
1: You know, I mean, again, that humor that like I missed that so much, and it kind of died after this era. And it's like that's that's uh, that's uh, um, that's evidence that she still had that campy, weird, silly humor. Mm-hmm.
0: I miss I miss the tongue in cheek Madonna that was obviously tongue in cheek versus mm-hmm. now where it's like, wait, is she being serious or is she kind of is she is this a joke or is it, I can't tell. And then sometimes she will reveal, like, I I think, you know, some of the songs on Rebel Heart, um, like Sex and uh, Holy Water, are supposed to be very tongue-in-cheek. But they can be taken way out of context because someone could take it very seriously. Versus Oh Dear Daddy, the funny song, for example, it's it's obviously tongue-in-cheek. It's obviously funny. I'm going bananas. Obviously funny, obviously yeah. tongue in cheek.
1: The sex book is obviously funny. Like, yeah, I'm not a big fan of sex or holy water. I see them as more retroactively, like ironic, as opposed to written and performed with the intention of being humorous. I said right. but um, you know what? I'm known for being ironic. Let me let me add my ironic spice. You know, it <laughs> doesn't work. It, she doesn't do it anymore. It doesn't work anymore. I mean, I wanted to. It just doesn't. So um, so what is your favorite song on the record total? Like, number one on the album. I'd probably go
0: with music. I'm kind of music that basic
1: goes. bitch. Like,
0: that, if I had to pick one song to represent this album, I mean, I'm just going to go with the obvious. Music. I can dance to it. It's a great song. It's the title of the record. Um, yeah. I, I would honestly music bookended with gone, I think, are, are the perfect.
1: Yeah. It's perfect. I, I think that Paradise Not For Me is my favorite by far. It's my like up there like number one. I mean there's I, I love most of the songs, but that's my favorite what about your least favorite song on the actual American release? Ooh
0: my least favorite on the American release. I would have to go with Runaway Lover. Yeah, me too.
1: <laughs> I like it. It's not a horrible song, but it's definitely the weakest of the bunch.
0: I have grown to love it. Like I, I actually love that song now. But if, if it's between, if I had to remove one song that currently exists on there, it would be "Runaway Lover." Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's a good fit for the rest fit. of the album.
1: I think it was more of a, a ray of like B side. Like it could have been a B side to "Skin" or something. Or I don't know. Maybe not. But
0: yeah, I, I a B side "The Beautiful Stranger." Just, it's just just like yeah, it's, it's, actually it's, no wait maybe I take it back I'm gonna go with amazing, amazing. I think amazing doesn't belong on there I changed yeah, my mind you're
1: right. you know what you're right amazing <laughs> whatever you say you're right amazing doesn't fit at all whereas Runaway Lover fits a little bit yeah amazing sounds like the Ray of Light era May, and Runaway Lover sounds like it could be either but it's so fluffy in the lyrics that it's more music oriented I think sure um, yeah yeah, I see your point. Yeah, definitely amazing. But again, I do like I do like amazing. No one's hating on amazing. I'm gonna get a bunch of hate mail. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't hate any of these songs. Actually, I, yeah, I just I think it's there's good. some that are better fits than others as, as a collective piece it's a of art. Record. Yeah,
1: it deserved it deserved a success. It deserved more success. I think I think it should have been bigger than it was in terms of sales and popularity. Mm-hmm. Even though it was rather big. I still think there was more room to, to pack in some more success from the public. At
0: least another right. single. Well,
1: oh, yeah, that should, but also just like more people buying copies, like just the general public yeah. going out and buying it, you know, like. But Madonna had been in the business for almost 20 years at that point. I see, that, you know, but that's stupid. So go buy, you know, I, I don't know. I, I have like a, a harsh critique of American music buyers. So. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, I,
0: I will say that. This album, you know, came after her "quote unquote" comeback with *Ray of Light*, where she ended up winning Grammys and um, all the awards at the VMAs and everything like that. So, I, I feel like she she hit the mark with this album. Releasing it when she did, uh, releasing the songs when she did, um, I think it was it was a good place in her career. Uh, to release this album now all releases that have come after this there's been some bumps in the road with those yeah but this to me i think is her her last most commercially successful album that that was heard and understood by the rest of the world
1: yeah you're right um i think it's kind of the end of a the golden age of Madonna, to be honest. Once this album yeah. ended, then you had American Life and that just... Eesh, that's a different episode, of course.
0: Well, that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite albums, but I will but, agree with you, I don't think it was received well or appreciated yeah. as well.
1: The music. I'm not talking about the music, I'm talking about right. the, a lot of everything around it. But Correct. I think yep. it's kind of like the, the swan song of that golden era. And it was a good one, and it's solid. Um, I love... Honestly, it's a bit of a step down from Ray of Light in terms of quality overall, be, just based on the overallness. However, it's a very strong record. Ray of Light was so incredibly high. There's no way. She, I didn't want her to do it again. I just, you know, it is so, because of songs like music and love Lover, I feel like yeah. lyrically and such. But yeah, it's a, an amazing album. I love it. One of my favorites of the 2000s by far. And I would say it's my favorite album of hers from 2000 to, to modern day, for sure. Okay. By far, by far. Actually.
0: Do you have any parting thoughts on the music album?
1: Um, it's just an amazing album, Classic Madonna. I think it's underrated. I think it's retroactively underrated. Like we always talk about Ray of Light, American Life, Confessions, but music kind of gets swept under the rug, swept away. Swept away. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, what about you?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I would feel the same. I think it it was popular at the time for the yeah. right reasons. I just don't think it's, it's necessarily looked back on as it being popular for what it was, uh, yeah. or appreciated. Um, I think there's great writing on here. There's great music production. I think this is probably her last great produced. Re- I don't think any production that has come after this has, succeeded this album i think production has become more overproduced starting with american life and and forward um there's a lot of lot of overproduction a lot of extra instrumentations and music and extra little bits that i don't necessarily think need to be there on future releases Not to say that they're all bad or, or whatever but i think this one like it's a perfect package of music to you know give just like I could give someone this album and not feel like you yeah, well you could skip this song you could possibly skip this song I was like no this is like a really good album for the yeah. year 2000 her coming out of the gate into the new millennium with this album was perfect for her and I think it's it's a great record to look back on and appreciate
1: very true very true
0: well thank you for spending this time with me i we went a little bit over than i thought we would but um, yeah. Thank you for sticking around and and giving your thoughts on music.
1: Of course, yeah, it was very, it was very, it was a lot of fun. Thank you for the opportunity.
0: Where can people uh, watch your YouTube content or see your Instagram? How can they say hi to you?
1: So on YouTube, I do a channel called Vibology, but my channel uh, reviews, so it's called Vibology Reviews and Reacts. And I review a bunch of albums, including Madonna. I've done a good handful of Madonna albums, I'll do more. On Instagram, I'm Um And you can follow me on there. I, I do final photos all over Paris. I take photos all over Paris and um, try to make them interesting. Um, I've done all Madonna albums, so check those out. And yeah, that's uh. Just
0: that YouTube and Instagram, pretty much. And I would just like to point out, like, your pictures are are always great. Eric does this thing where he finds this perfect like landscape background so that the album the album correlates to it. So it's not necessarily, you know, it's not like a puzzle piece, but it feels like a puzzle piece because it's, it's really it fits into its environment, and uh, it's it's that's very like. I think it takes it does take talent to understand um you know composition and colors and and finding what works uh with something that's already existing so i i'm sure that can be challenging but also rewarding when you see the final product
1: yeah thank thank you so much yeah i I enjoyed doing it but um yeah it is and i guess paris has so much artwork like either it's landmarks you know just different art pieces around the city like buildings um And then just the graffiti on the walls, like just different things all over the city you can find. There's just variations, you know. So yeah, it's it's a fun it's a fun thing.
0: Eric, it was great to talk to you, and I'll be talking to you soon.
1: All right, thank you so much.
0: Have a good night. Bye. Bye.